0: Welcome to the Scrap Happier Podcast, where we share quick tips, tricks, and techniques to help you create scrapbooks you love and be happier while doing it. I'm your host, Alice Bull. I'm so glad that you could join us for this episode. We have a special guest and we have Scrappy Adam. Adam Westwood is joining us. And I just became familiar with Adam over the last couple of years in the world of scrapbooking, but I just learned that there's a pretty good reason for that. So welcome, Adam. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe where you live and how you kind of got started into scrapbooking and when?
1: Hi, I'm Adam. I live in the UK in Manchester in north of England. Um, I live with two of my best friends and I've got a partner. He doesn't live with us, but we all do adventures together. So. It's pretty much those three on my scrapbook layouts, and I started scrapbooking two and a half years ago now when we went on a Disney trip, and I came back and I wanted like something special to put all the photos in rather than just a plain old photo album. And I literally just stumbled on all these scrapbooking stores and all the different things, and as you start looking, it leads to another place and then another place, and I started buying things and doing it. and it was purely Disney stuff then. it was all about the Disney album and Disney layouts. And then I don't know how it came about, but I started looking on Facebook. It must have popped up as an advert, because I wouldn't even think to look for Facebook groups. And I came across a UK scrapbooking Facebook group, which was just like a community. So I joined that, and Natalie, who run it, she spoke to me because she thought, oh, it's a bit strange, a man joining scrapbooking group. (laughs) And they were quite, not strict, but they watched out. They didn't just let anybody join it, so it was a safe environment. And then we became friends gradually as we talked more. But it was about eight months till I shared any work because I just didn't think I was any good. And then Natalie convinced me to share some and it just sort of snowballed from there. Never looked back and now it's pretty much my life 24-7 in some way.
0: I guess you could look at that as eight months to feel comfortable in your own artistic style.
1: Yeah, pretty much it took. I guess I needed somebody to say, yeah, it's good. Although everybody's is good because everybody has their own style, so it, there isn't good or bad. It's just I didn't think people would want to see it. I guess so. It sort of took a while for me to be comfortable with it and play with things, and then obviously it went from just Disney to doing other photos and other things, and now I have a massive room full of stuff. And Yeah, you just got to get comfortable.
0: (laughs) I I don't know what that's like.
1: (laughs) It just builds up and accumulates.
0: (laughs) It it kind of does. So when you started with that Disney album, um, you said you wanted to make a special project or something. Do you look back and look at those pages that you first made and realize some of the progression that you've made since you first started? Or do you look back at them and think you know, I got a pretty good base when I kind of kicked uh, this
1: off. A bit of both, I think, because I look at some of the pages now because I've never finished, the album still isn't finished because um, we had that many You're photos. you a true scrapbooker. That's a sign of a true scrapbooker. Yeah, well, I'm not yeah. done yet. <laughs> I don't think, I have not finished anything. <laughs> um, but I think some of the pages are very basic as in it's a photo, it's a bit of paper and a couple of stickers, whereas some of them have come from ideas online, so they are a bit similar to what I do now. So it's a bit of both, really.
0: What kinds of products were you really drawn to, like after you started scrapbooking things that weren't Disney? Were there certain designers and collections that really drew you in?
1: Yeah, initially it was obviously after the Disney. It was Simple Stories because of their Say Cheese Rangers. That's what I first sort of got into. The Say Cheese. I think it was one, two, three, and four had been released up to that point. So, I was looking at other simple stories. It was generally stuff that wasn't pink because I generally do all men, which I don't mind using pink, but um, and nothing too florally. But then it's sort of gone forward, and now Vicky Booting, Paige Evans, all of them I love all them Echo Park, Coco Vanilla, every pretty much like most things. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess initially I was drawn to simple stories or adventure stuff and outdoorsy stuff and summer stuff rather than like the florally stuff.
0: That's pretty cool that you can find papers within all of that, that you feel suit your need, because it's something that I hear pretty commonly from scrapbookers that uh, some of the paper collections are too pink and too floral. How do you find working with these collections, coming at it with a masculine perspective and scrapbooking (laughs) men? Like so many of us are making pages about men. So we're having these struggles too, but- obviously you are really searching for that, <laughs> that solution so how are you finding
1: that um i think in most collections so it's late sort of the last at least the last year i bought a lot of collections and i think in all of them you can find something that works and i i'm not adverse to using pink i just wouldn't do a layout that is entirely pink so you might have to if there's some papers that are particularly pink or florally or whatever color you've don't want you can sort of pop them into another layout that isn't just that collection i would like to say that i only buy the papers that i like but it's generally i bought everything from every collection <laughs> um, and if i really 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 never going to use them and don't like them i have given some away but yeah i would like matte photos or do something that you're not going to see the actual paper really if that makes sense
0: mm-hmm yeah, it totally does. I think that there's a lot of designers also that are really conscious of the fact that when they make certain collections, that if one side is very busy or patterned, the other side tends to be really neutral. So if one side is covered in a lot of florals, the other side might be a stripe or a dot or something
1: yeah, a little that's bit true, more actually. usable. I am definitely a B-side scrapper, I would say, because I always loved the <laughs> main sheet. But then when it comes to using it, I find it hard or the pattern's too big or whatever. And then you turn it over and you can use that side. And I do use the B-side. I am totally (laughs) an
0: A-side scrapbooker. So that's really funny.
1: (laughs) Really? (laughs) Uh, It's like the crazier
0: the pattern, the more I'm into it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have, I do do that. I am definitely more is more. And it's definitely like busy pages. I will use them
0: I think that's um, a funny thing that you said that more is more because I think that scrapbookers really fall into different categories and some people like things to be clean and tidy and some people really like to maximize the amount of product they're getting onto a page or maximize the number of photos they're getting onto a page and so I really do think that that is a typical scrapbooker a more is more kind of caricature of a scrapbooker
1: yeah you can tell, I think as well, you can tell, like, I embrace the one because I say on my YouTube videos, so I'm not, if something isn't quite straight and things like that, or there'll be a lot of white space, I just, I can't leave the load of white space on a page. So you can definitely tell from somebody's layout what kind of scrapper they are, I think.
0: So I'm going to point out that we do have an episode all about white space, and you can find that in episode number nine. What's all the white stuff? White space design. So one of the things that I'm drawn to is the colors and vibrance and how you're telling your story on your pages. Did you fall into the storytelling part of scrapbooking as um, as well as you fell into the design aspects? Because I noticed that you're really good with the design, but um, you're also good at getting your story on
1: the page. Yeah, I think so. I am terrible at journaling. I don't journal on my pages a lot i do do it occasionally but not much at all and um, but i generally do journal on the back of the layout then i think it's about the story as well so like the things i use they might not make sense to everybody but it makes sense to me because i don't know like i'll use kathy as an example she might use an avocado on a page or a ladybird because that has a meaning to her somewhere so yeah i think i do story tell but don't think that's the overriding thing for me. It's documenting the photo and I like using all the stuff.
0: And I think that if you know what your goal is behind scrapbooking, your reason why you scrapbook, it makes it so that when you're making your pages, you can come out with that result that you really want just by having that goal in mind. If you're worried about doing a whole bunch of writing, then you need to make sure that you leave a lot more space for that. And if you want to use your photos and really document those photos, you might scrapbook in a different way. And it's about finding the style that works
1: for you. Yeah, because you'd have to obviously leave, like you say, loads of space. I'm more about using more photos. I do do one photo layouts, but generally there's always at least two, three, or I think the most I've got is a double page with 23 photos on it or something. So it's definitely about the photos for me.
0: It's always fun to to do that
1: too. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So now that you've been scrapbooking for a couple of years, are there some lessons that you've learned or tips that you've learned along the way that have been really helpful for diving into this hobby what kinds of things have you learned
1: yeah I guess the main one for me because I am as much into the hobby of buying the things as using them is don't just buy everything when I first started I would especially if there were like sales or stuff I was like oh I'll have that that, that, and just buy everything but I think it's better to look at what you will actually use have a think about when it's in front of you would you do this would you do that so that's the main thing I've learned, believe it or not. And also to get inspiration, because I've found that scrapbookers is, is just, it's an amazing community. It's not like anything I've ever come across. Everybody is so kind and caring. Things that people have done for me is, its amazing, really. So I suppose take inspiration from that community. So like Scraplift and stuff like that. And don't be afraid to not copy, but give credit to them, but take inspiration from them and copy it if you want to
0: were you surprised about the the whole concept of scraplifting and how that's kind of encouraged within the community because i think that catches some yeah. people as a surprise
1: definitely cuz so i was like well i can't cuz they've done that it's like copying like you've always been told not to copy somebody's work so it's definitely initially like in the scrapbooking group that i first joined there was always challenges to scraplift this or whatever so i would always look at it and then forget about it so i didn't copy it as like properly so yeah it's definitely a new a new thing and I have since come across a lot of people new to scrapbooking and I'm like scraplift to get you started as it's like a starting point and they're also the same like can we copy but I think as long as you credit people it's like an honor really.
0: I, I agree and I think that if people are sharing stuff on social media you can almost expect people to be scraplifting or copying what you're doing in some way or taking inspiration from what you've done and then turning it into their own thing. I've never looked at pages other than a class where everybody has the same products and everybody's making the same pages and actually seen the same pages. Yeah. You can put this, the supplies in front of people and people will make something their own. And I think that's kind of the magic of it. Nobody is looking at them side by side after they're looking at your page, your stories, your photos in your book They're not looking at somebody else's stuff, so (laughs) it's all good.
1: It was interesting to see in one of the groups we did a blind recipe. So it's a challenge where we were given the instructions, so like cut papers into this amount, place them here, put this here, and then put your own embellishments on. So it's the same sort of design, but the pages were massively different. And it's the same with kits. Everybody creates different things, which is what's good about it, I think.
0: Well, you're creating some things too, right? Tell us about Dotty About Flair and how that all came about.
1: So, Dotty About Flair sell flair, obviously, um, which are like one inch. They're like badges without the pin at the back. And the ones we do at Dotty About Flare are plastic, not metal, because obviously metal sometimes rusts and stuff. And in July 2020, Natalie, who I mentioned earlier, set up Dotty About Flair, and it was just. She enjoyed making them. She had a machine and she just did it as a bit of a hobby. And it was really popular and it grew a little bit from there. Then in September, she offered me a place on her design team, which was my first one. And I never left. (laughs) Um, And was supposed to be for one month. And she just said, no, just stay. And then in sort of January, she was talking about it's getting a bit too much. It wasn't too, I think we were at 300 members. because It was all in a Facebook group at that time. Because It was just a hobby that had turned into a little small business. And so eventually I took over. She gave me the business in April. So I took over from the 1st of April and did my first release on the 3rd of April. Because obviously we'd been planning it beforehand. And now we've gone from like 300 members or 350 to 1,300 and 20,000 wow. flare a month so yeah it's grown a lot and we're I think we're over social media quite a bit
0: so my question is are you having these made somewhere or are you actually making I make
1: every single one.
0: Oh my gosh <laughs> I've made a couple of flare buttons and let me tell you 20,000 is a lot
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's I have got a different machine now. So I've got a British made one because it's the one I was using was quite stiff. And it does give you R make after a few. So we've got that. And we also do what we call XL flare now, which are, I don't think I've got one. them. Um, They're about 1.7 inches wide. So they're more like badges, but people have gone mad for them as well. So we can, with the one, we've got three machines now. It's because my friend Tom, who I live with, does help me now and again. Um. It's hard, but you get used to it, I think. And the machine isn't as hard.
0: You'll all be good good at arm wrestling after doing all those <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> We've got big arms. <laughs> about a thousand a day, I think we can do. If Tom's helping we can do a thousand each. Wow,
0: that is so many. <laughs> That's amazing. And so what about the design part of the buttons? Are you doing that part as well then?
1: yeah so some of the designs are bought from other artists some of them i do some of them is a mix some of them tom has done so it's a mix a lot of it like the sort of more basic ones are from designers outside um and then we just do the artwork inside i print it all and size it all and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um So yeah, it's fully home business.
0: That's amazing. That's really fun. And so where can people go to get more information? They can obviously join your Facebook group, but then you have something new that's coming out.
1: Yeah, so we've got our website finally. I've been trying to do it. I didn't think it was going to take off as much as it had, but we've done quite a lot of challenges and stuff. And um, giving freebies and stuff so we've built it up and up and up but because I've been so busy making Flare I've not had a chance to sort the website out so I've taken three weeks off over Christmas so that's what we're sorting now because I'm building the website myself and um, so that will go live next Friday which will be the 7th of January and um, so they'll be able to go to the website you can find all the Flare designs we have it will be gradually adding more because I can't we've got I think we've got a thousand different designs of flare at the minute but they're all in like sets of six or eight or ten so it'll take a while to get everything on there um but they'll be able to find all the links and that and we're on instagram and facebook as dotty about flare
0: and then it'll be at dotty about flare.com or what will the
1: website be? it will be dotty about flare.co.uk dot
0: co.uk i thought i better ask that because
1: <laughs> i had an idea yeah <laughs> i should have said that and we do ship worldwide. We have. I think I probably ship 60 boxes to America and Canada a month and more to like Europe and Australia. We're everywhere.
0: That's amazing. And just think about, you know, this all came about because two and a half years ago, you went to Disneyland.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I sit and think and this time it was last August. So it's only been 14, 15 months since I first shared my first layout. And since then, it's it's now my full-time, so I've sort of laid everything else off and sort of focused on this full-time, and I've been on Paige Evans' design team, and design team's over here, and now this, so it's amazing, really. And we do have another thing launching next month, so it's constantly developing it.
0: That sounds super fun. So did you want to mention the, the coupon code for that? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Shall I do that now, yeah? Sure. Um, So yeah, we also have a special coupon code for podcast listeners where they will be able to save 50% and they can just use Scrap Happy as the code till the end of January and save 50%.
0: And I'll make sure that that link is in the show notes as well.
1: Brilliant. Thank you.
0: So you also have a class coming up. You are one of our featured instructors for the next Scrap Smarter Experience, which is happening January 21st to 23rd in 2022 if you're catching this a little bit later but registration (laughs) is now open and you're going to be teaching a class called Scrapping Backwards. Now this is the most interesting concept and I'm curious what Scrapping Backwards is and what you can teach us from that.
1: So it was a series started by my friend Kathy, Scrappy Kathy. She came, we were, we talk a lot and we were just talking in that and she wanted to do something new and it's not I guess it's not completely unique because people some people do it but we wanted to do it more so she came up with this thing and then we added things and did things so now we basically every week we do scrap backwards which I'm going to focus on more for my class so it's basically where you start with a sticker sheet or a chipboard sheet or whatever embellishment it is that is old so it's stuff that you want to get used up so if you've got sticker sheet that you bought but you don't particularly like or I used one in October I think it was that I have had in a kit and I've had it at least a year and I just did not like it but then we focus on that and then build a kit around that so we'll add a few more embellishments and then we'll choose our papers and then from that we'll choose our pit photos so we're sort of like doing it all backwards rather than starting with the photo we're making the old sticker sheet that you don't want work for the photos and then the papers.
0: Kind of an interesting concept of taking it backwards from those products especially products that have been in your stash for a while i started scrapbooking in 1999 so wow. i have a few <laughs> of those things <laughs> in my stash. yeah
1: <laughs> kathy definitely has more than me because obviously she's been at it for years But I have bought stuff or I've been given stuff like in sales and stuff that is old. So it's definitely a good way to start with something that you might not ordinarily use or reach for and then just build a kit around that. So you're making the embellishment work for your paper and your photo rather than just letting it sit in your stash. It's better to get it used. So if
0: you're listening to this episode and you're thinking that you would like to know more about scrapping backwards, you can sign up for the Scrap Smarter experience. You can use Adam's code. It is Adam221 and you will save $30 until January 5th. And after that, if you use code, you'll save $5. So you can still save a little something if you're listening a little bit later. Adam, would you like to share a prompt for us, like something that someone could sit down right now and scrapbook about? Maybe some kind of photo or something inspired by a product, maybe something inspired about scrapping backwards or um, a story that you'd like to tell.
1: Yeah, um, it's probably going to be something that perhaps we don't all scrapbook all the time. So something more poignant or something more it might not necessarily be sad but we have to scrap the good and the bad and um, i recently did one this week that was about the poppy memorial in manchester so it's like a memorial it's got i think 2000 poppies they're all hand painted and it's to memory of world war one and two and it was very poignant sitting there because i've lost relatives in those wars granddads and that and friends have so i guess it would be to scrapbook the not so good or the poignant or the memories that make you think or bring back memories like that, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, a memory that takes you to a slightly sad or really emotional memory.
1: Yeah, emotional or makes you think something like, I don't want to like make everybody sad, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's like documenting the whole memories.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that Um, it's really easy sometimes to sit down and scrapbook all of the happy shiny moments the Disney moments right those are easier to capture in our life but if you really want your scrapbooks to show more of your personality and more of your true life the things that really are important to you then I think that including stories like that can be really really important
1: yeah definitely it's still our life and if you document it in your life then it's not all good all the time hopefully it is but
0: <laughs> we try right we try yeah, we try, but, but uh, not guaranteed always. <laughs> that there are there are things um and do you have a tip of the day for somebody that wants to sit down and scrapbook something that will just make your scrapbooking that little bit better
1: i would say cuz i'm a bit obsessed with them at the minute use a sketch but go rogue with that sketch so use it to create your sort of base layer so i don't know if it's 12 by 12 and it's matted and it's got three paper layers do those but mix it up with what sizes you want and then if it's got one photo add two and so on just use the sketch to start your base and then hopefully it will be easier and quicker to create a layout because you've got that base already done that's probably mine
0: i love it Kind of, like, using a sketch but yeah, going rogue. I go rogue that's, all the time.
1: That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, when you when I use a sketch, I said, Oh, I used a sketch. And then I look at my page, I'm like, What Where? happened here? <laughs> this does not yeah. look like this. So maybe this is just something I'm really good at already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And is there anything else that you would like to pass on to scrapbookers that might be listening? Um, places that they should follow you online or other little bits of advice or inspiration that you have?
1: Yeah, so I am on Instagram as Scrappy Adam. I'm on Facebook as Scrappy Adam, but that is just a repost of my Instagram. So when I post there, it posts to Facebook. Um, And I am on YouTube, which I resisted for a long time because I don't like my voice. I don't like my, I just don't like public speaking. And it was all very scary but I started doing Facebook lives, which I do at least once, twice, three times a week. So I started YouTube in September and I'm Scrappy Adam on there. And I generally have three or four videos a week there doing different series and stuff like that. So yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.
0: So in between squishing all of those flare buttons, you're still making all these pages yeah. and producing videos. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it all.
1: <laughs> I definitely, yeah. I it, I. It's weird because I was so scared of videos for so long. I now find, that, find them quite relaxing because I'm filming. Or if I'm live, I can't just get up and walk away and get distracted. So it's quite relaxing to just sit and create without any distractions.
0: It's awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. I hope everybody checks out your website at dottyaboutflare.co.uk when it launches on January 7th or thereabouts. We're we're going to wish all the best for, (laughs) for your launch day. And I also hope that they check out the Scrap Smarter Experience where they will get a chance to see you teaching your first online official class, right? This is your first online class? first time I've ever class.
1: taught anything at all beyond a Facebook Live or YouTube. That's just chatting, really. So yeah, <laughs> it will be it good. love it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much for inviting me. Oh, I'm thrilled. This has been absolutely great. Thank you very much.
0: So I'm going to point out that we do have an episode all about white space and you can find that in episode number. <laughs> I'm leaving the blank there. So <laughs> we'll continue, <laughs> but that's going to get filled in. <laughs>